0: Hi, I'm Dalakwa Delano, and this is the Living the Life Podcast, where you will learn scriptural and practical insight into knowing Jesus and living His life on the earth from the pages of scripture, void of religion. Thank you for listening to the past episodes of this podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking about healing belongs to you. You heard me right. I said healing belongs to you. But I want you to not take my word alone for this. We'll go through the scriptures and see what the Bible has to say about healing and it being one of the benefits of the believer. First thing I want us to understand is that healing is part of the redemptive package that Jesus purchased for the believer. So we begin our scripture in that light taken from Isaiah 53 from verse 4 to 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So verse 5 is where we're going to narrow down here. It says, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So Jesus took the pain away from us. So we can see verse 4 says, surely, just that word alone, surely, is a clincher. Surely, meaning of a truth, meaning Certainly, meaning most assuredly. Surely, he has borne our griefs, meaning he has borne it. So what Jesus bore, you need not bear. And carried our sorrows. We see, he did not say and maintained. No, he carried our sorrows. He took it away. He now says, verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Let us notice this word here. It says, our. So it was ours before, but he took it. So they are no longer ours. He took it on our behalf. In that sense, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He didn't say we are going to be healed. He says by his stripes, we are healed. So proving the point that healing is part of the redemptive right of the believer. So another thing we need to really understand is how people may misconstrue Jesus or misconstrue God. One thing I also want us to understand is this divide that may occur about God's power. And God's willingness. It's easier for people to believe in the power of God than to believe in the willingness. So, for example, if I tell you that is anything too difficult for God, does God have the power to heal you of any sickness or disease? The most likely answer that every believer and even sometimes non-believers would say is that yes, God is all powerful. Then the next question will now be: Will God heal you of this disease that you are going through? Now that's where there may be a conflict because many people will begin to. Stutter and wouldn't say categorically that God will heal them. Now that's where we are going to look into this business of the willingness of God. In the book of Matthew chapter 8, we begin from verse 1 it says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So we see that this leper, somewhere in his psyche, had no problem about the power of God, but he was still a little bit bothered about the willingness of God to do this miracle for him. So, he quickly asked, just to check to be sure. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3, Jesus now said, Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. So, we see Jesus told him categorically, I am willing. So, this shows that the willingness part is not a problem. Jesus is willing to heal anyone. So, we can see this same story story in Mark chapter 1 but verse 41 now says then Jesus moved with compassion so Jesus is not only willing he is compassionate so Jesus moved with compassion stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him I am willing be cleansed 42 as soon as he had spoken immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed so we see that Jesus is willing so it's clear that Jesus is willing Jesus is willing beyond him being powerful because if Jesus wasn't willing he wouldn't have gone to the cross to die for us so we should understand that Jesus is willing it's very important that we understand that healing belongs to us now Matthew 8 14 now when Jesus had come into Peter's house he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever so he touched her and the fever left her and she arose and served them when evening had come they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirit with the word and healed all who were sick now let's listen jesus did what healed all who were sick so jesus was not discriminatory when it came to healing he healed everyone verse 17 says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses why did jesus heal all jesus healed all because he was coming to fulfill the prophecy of isaiah which we read when we began so healing is part of the redemptive package Cage that is given to the believer. So we see that Jesus healed what? He healed all. So that was part of what Jesus came to do, to heal all. So now we'll also see something that was very peculiar in Jesus' ministry. This was very peculiar in his ministry. Now we'll read from the same Matthew. We'll go to chapter 9 from verse 35. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every." and every disease among the people. So Jesus did three things. He taught in the synagogue. He preached the gospel of the kingdom and he did what? He healed every sickness and every disease among the people. He healed everyone. It wasn't partial when it came to healing. He made sure that every single person was covered when it came to healing. So we should understand that Jesus was in the business of healing people. Now another scripture that clearly shows this is Matthew 4 verse 23 says Jesus was going throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues the same thing proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people in Luke four forty two he says while the sun was setting all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him and laying his hands on each one of them he was healing them. So Jesus took healing serious. It was part of his ministry. It was part of what he did on a regular basis. When it comes to healing, many times we can be the one that will determine the point of contact. I'll explain what I mean by the point of contact and how we can determine how healing comes to us. Now you observe in the Bible that there were different points of contact when it came to healing. Now the most important thing when it comes to healing times is the word of God. Once you have a proper understanding of the word of God, healing is a settled case. Now, let's quickly read the Bible so we understand what I'm saying. Proverbs 4, verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my saying, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to all those who find them, and hell to all their flesh. Another rendition says, and medicine to all their flesh. So let's go again. It says, My son, give attention to my word so when you give attention to something means that your whole faculty is focused on that thing so the bible is telling us that we should do what we should give attention to the word of god now in essence we should incline our ears to his sayings sayings are also words you don't say images you say words when you are speaking when you are saying something you are saying words so now we are giving attention meaning our whole mental faculty is focused on the word our ears are inclined to the sins of God you now process it let them not depart from your eyes so the word of the Lord should not depart from our eyes the same way in Joshua it says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth so we should also say, the word of God should not depart from our eyes so our eyes should be fixed on God's word and he said we should keep them in the midst of your heart because the Bible says out of the the heart flows the issues of life. So, it now says, and for their life to those who find them. So, when you find the word, it produces life. And what is that life and hell to all their flesh? So, it's very important that we give the word of God first place in every area of our life because the word has the power to produce anything that we are believing. And in this case, healing belongs to you. So, proceed before round off. We also notice that majority of jesus's miracles had to do with healing. Majority. Jesus went about healing people. So now let me give a scenario or let me backtrack and explain what I mean. You know, earlier I said that sometimes we can determine the point of contact through which we'll receive our healing. Remember, the, the woman with the issue of blood, she was the one that kept on saying that if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Jesus wasn't the one that determined how our healing will come. She was the one that said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And Jesus did not deny her that belief. She touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. In Matthew 8, the centurion earlier he had sent some people to Jesus to help his servant. And on a second thought, said, Okay, no problem that Jesus shouldn't bother coming. And he now said, Because it is this, Jesus was actually going to his house. So we can see how powerful the word is, which I said earlier. Jesus was on his way to the centurion's house when the centurion now said no. Okay, let me read it. Um, let's go to the book of of Luke chapter 7, from verse 1 when It's also in Matthew 8, but I'll read the Luke rendition so we'll get some. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the end of the poor, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurial servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. 3. So, when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Verse 4. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For loves are nation and has built as a synagogue six then jesus went with them so jesus was actually on his way to go and meet them and when he was already not far from the house the centurion sent friends to him saying to him lord do not trouble yourself for i am not worthy that you should enter under my roof therefore i did not even think myself worthy to come to you but say the word and my servant will be healed now this centurion got it he said say the word and my servant will will be healed. Now Jesus was already on the way to his house. So we see that even Jesus wasn't angry that the man said don't bother coming again because think about it Jesus had left everything to come to this man's house and the man is now saying don't bother coming. Of course many of us may get angry get offended time if we're in Jesus' shoes we'll say this man just wasted my time and all that but Jesus no wasn't angry. Jesus said following verse 8 the man says for I am also a man placed under authority having soldiers under me and I said." To one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that I followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. Now, who determined the point of the healing? It was the centurion, not Jesus. Jesus was going based on what the centurion wanted, and afterward, the centurion changed the plan and Jesus still accepted it and the centurion received healing for his servant. So also you can receive healing for someone. You can. You can. You actually can. Now let's proceed. The same thing happened with the woman who had the issue of blood. Now you will see what I said. I said who had the issue of blood because many times we label people with their past, not with their present. She had it. She no longer was the woman with the issue of blood because her situation was solved. She said if I touched the hem of his garment. And what happened? She did that and she received her healing. Jesus wasn't the determining factor of how she received her healing. So it's very important for us to build up our faith on how we want it to happen. Sometimes it technically wouldn't happen the way you want it to happen. However, the most important thing you should put into your heart is that healing belongs to you. Healing is part of the redemptive plan of God and Jesus went about healing everyone one. Now, it's very important that Jesus did not, Jesus went further to even instruct his disciples on healing. In the book of Matthew chapter 10, I'll start from verse 5. This twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Now Jesus told the disciples to heal the sick, raise the dead and to cleanse the lepers. Jesus was particular about healing. Particular. This was an instruction to the disciples. It wasn't negotiable. He told them to do what? Heal the sick. So we should understand that healing belongs to us. If you are a believer, healing belongs to you. Go to God with this understanding that healing belongs to you. I'll round off this teaching today with this scripture. Matthew chapter fifteen from verse 21. It says that Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Ty and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and heard him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The same thing read in Matthew 10 verse 5. So when Jesus was on the earth, Jesus was just like a prophet in the Old Testament because the New Testament began after the death of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the covenant is without effect until after the death of the testator. So Jesus was acting in that sense as a prophet under the Old Testament. So he was sent in his physical work to the house of Israel. So that's what he was saying clearly here. He now said, verse 25, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. So this woman she changed her approach before she said have mercy on me my daughter is demon possessed." jesus didn't listen not because he didn't want to help her but because at that time he was sent to the Israelites. so she said okay she worshipped and she said lord help me so verse 26 now says but he answered and said it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dog children of israel were the chosen tribe that god used as a type of the church so you see he now said that it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs, meaning that it is not good to take healing, which is the bread of the children and give to the Gentiles. That's what Jesus was telling this woman in clear terms: that this healing is the bread, is the food of the shop. Hallelujah. Then the woman said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. So, the crumbs that even fall from the master's table, the Gentiles eat it. 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Even the crumbs produces healing. How much more the bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So if the Gentile can receive healing with the crumbs, how much more the church, how much more you, a child of God, receiving healing from the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the one who has perfected healing healing for you. Of course, you may ask, I know this, but why isn't it happening? What I would just recommend is hold on to God's word pertaining your healing and go to seek the face of Jesus. Jesus is going to give you an answer, but be rest assured that Jesus is not the one stopping you from receiving your healing. He's not the one. He's not the one. The Bible says in the book of Acts 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So we see that the the oppression was from the devil. The good was the healing. And who was doing the healing? Jesus was the one doing the healing. So be rest assured that Jesus is not the one that put this sickness on you. Jesus is the one that wants to take away the sickness from you. We see that. It's very important. Now also, in explaining this thought that I just said, we'll look at the book of Luke 13 from verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work; Therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it. So, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from this bound on the Sabbath. So, Satan was the one that bound that woman for 18 years. Jesus is the one that came to lose her. And why? She is a daughter of Abraham. And the Bible says that we are all seeds of Abraham. So, if you are going through any hell Chile. Know for a certainty that healing belongs to you. I just want you to take this declaration alongside me. You'll say Lord Jesus, thank you for purchasing healing for me on the cross. I am certain that healing is my right as a believer. So therefore, I partake of that covenant right of healing that is mine. So I speak to this area of my body where I am facing in hell challenge, And I speak the word of the Lord unto my body and I receive healing into my mortal life. As the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, that's Spirit, the Holy Ghost who resides in me has quickened my mortal body. There is quickening in my mortal body right now in the name of Jesus. I am healed from every affliction and every disgrace. Thank you, Father, because healing is mine and I walk in divine health to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name I have pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of this podcast. I believe you were blessed and I trust that your healing is now. Once again, I say your healing is now. Thank you for listening and do have a blessed day. Please be reminded that this podcast is on all podcast listening platforms. On Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Anchor, and it's also on YouTube. Please do well to share this awesome message to your friends, to your family, and to your loved one. God bless you and remember that healing belongs to you.